This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Hello. And welcome to this week's episode of Property Jam, where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And today uh, you are in for a treat. Um, in fact, it's uh, not a treat from this country today. We've actually got a Swedish treat for you. Um, and so I'd like to welcome uh, Gisela Wood to the podcast. Um, so over to you, Gisela. Who are you? Where are you from? Why on earth are you in Sweden? Um <laughs> Why am I not in the UK? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have grown up in Sweden. Um, <laughs> my parents live in Sweden. I, I like it here. Uh, it's wonderful for the kids to be here. Um, I like the climate, even the cold in the winter when we have a lot of snow. Actually here, I, I live in a farm in Gotland, which is an island outside of Sweden. And in the winter time, uh, we get it's so much rain in the autumn. So in the winter time, it's freezing all over the fields out here. So we have an ice field, which is like a 100 uh, times 100 meters. Right. So our kids, we have three boys, they are running out there and they are playing around, you know, ice skating. So it's yeah. wonderful. I like the cold as well as the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It's just making the most of what you've got there, right? <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, we could be living in the UK. We have been thinking about it since we are investing in the UK. Mm-hmm. But we have the business, we have automated it in a way where we have a great team in place in the UK so that we can invest in the UK, even though we're living in Sweden. Amazing. Wow. Ultimate investing in a distance and very nicely brought it back to property after talking about <laughs> farming in Sweden and ice skating on a field. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I went a bit too far there. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> not no, at all. This podcast is like the the king and queen of being irrelevant and going off on tangents. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, ice skating on ice fields. Yeah, we're all about that. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, when was the last time you ice skated on a field, Joe? Um, I'm going to say never. <laughs> <laughs> not in South London anyway. I mean, I went Brixton ice skating rink once, but uh, it's not quite the same, is it? <laughs> <laughs> No, and you know it's pitch dark here because it gets in the winter time it gets dark at about 3 p.m so very early so they are running out then with headlights on on their helmets oh that's so, so you cool. can you can see them you know when you're skating and the, and, and the headlights going <laughs> just around just follow the lights <laughs> yeah do you have different colors one for each kid so you know which one's which no but i should be getting that that's a great idea <laughs> such a good idea i love that it's brilliant Share your own version of northern lights so okay question then like obviously you are based in Sweden but you invest in the UK so like what's your property story how did that happen yeah so we looked into investing in Sweden from the beginning but uh, you know how it is in the UK when it comes to property investing Mm -hmm. it's so much in place you have the letting agents you have sourcing agents you have the estate agents you have uh, mortgages that you get that are for buying to let <laughs> mortgages and commercial mortgages and so on. In Sweden, we don't have that. We don't have letting agents. What? Yeah. No. How does, it, how does <laughs> the rental market work? Yeah, it's uh, it's the state. 
that have the full rental market. And, that, mm. and because of that, we also have a rental cap, which means that it's not market rents, which means if you do it, you can do it in a larger scale. You need to start so much larger. In, in, in the UK, you can start with buying one house, one flat. But here, if you do it, you need to buy, uh, you know, uh, a block of flats. And that's not going to be six apartments. It's probably going to be 40 apartments or more that you need to buy at once. And wow. the ROI then, because the, the rental cap uh, will be very low. Mm -hmm. So it's not really worth it. No. You can yeah, see all of our faces, all of our faces right now. <laughs> Gisella's yeah. explaining it. And on the video, we're, we're all just like jaws dropped, tumbleweed moment. Like that is a completely different investment culture. Yeah. So you, you can buy, you can buy to flip, of course, but you're not legally, if you're, uh, if I'm buying an apartment, mm -hmm. uh, I, I cannot legally rent that one out. Right. Um, which means that if I'm buying something that I want to renovate and flip and something happens to the market, I can't sell it. Uh, then I have to apply to the community where I have my apartment to see if I am allowed to rent it out for a year. There's mainly, normally it's two reasons where they can say yes, the board of that community. And that is if I'm trying to live together with another person, in another in another apartment or another house so i need to i'm just trying that or if i'm studying or working too far away for this apartment uh, over okay. a short amount of time then i will be allowed to rent it out for a year and then i need to reapply after a year and i can get one more year but not more than two years <laughs> if i'm having just one apartment so it works if i'm buying you know the 40 apartments so if you so buy you 40 so if you buy 40 apartments um you still then apply to your no, local because then i am the owner of the entire building oh, like the a community home. i don't need to apply to a board um right okay if i own everything but we still have the problem there with in both cases we don't have any like a buy to let mortgage it's only based on your income and it's based on how much mortgages you have so That's if i <laughs> So if I already have an apartment or a house and I have a summer house, for instance, and I'm coming then to the banks and I'm saying, oh, look here, I have this apartment. I would like to buy it. I would like to rent it out. And then they're going to tell me that, well, you already have these two mortgages and we don't want to give you any, any more mortgages. Um, wow. For the salary so, that you have, this is too much. So it sounds like if, um, unless you are extremely wealthy to start with, yeah. you can't build property wealth easily <laughs> no exactly you just can't you can't do it you just yeah, can't do yeah. it yeah you have to um partner with someone that does have the wealth yeah. and then almost so, like well, what's what's the point because you're still going to give you an income anyway because um <laughs> exactly it's low. hard to say the, the, the one thing that you will make a lot of money on in in sweden it's called bostadsrättsförening it's when you are <laughs> uh and that's also what the big company wants to do, which means that we don't have rental apartments. We have the kind of apartment where you are selling off the apartments to different individuals, and they are then owning the house as a community. They are not owning their apartment, but the house, a percentage 
of the entire. When they are doing that, they are also taking over the mortgage from the company who has built up the apartments, which means they are buying the apartment at market value plus taking over the mortgage. So like it's like shared ownership principle, but over yeah. like possibly 30 to 40 people in a block. Oh, wow. Like, mm, okay. But they are, they are owning their apartment or they are not owning, <laughs> they're not owning their apartment, but they, they are the one who has their apartment. If I you get understand it. what I mean. I do. Yeah. So that's the only way you have apartments in Sweden. Uh, but legally, if you look at it legally, you are not the owner of that apartment you are a owner of a certain percentage of the entire building, sure. which means that you, you also are a owner of, you know, maybe the garden outside. Um, if they have a laundry room and so on, you are like the, a the freehold. Back as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a free freehold. Share a freehold. Yeah. Well, it's like a le- yes. It's a leasehold with share of freehold. Free but yeah. it's not a leasehold. Okay, I, because I, it's the I, community I, then, and you are you are one of the owners in that community. Yeah, it's a share share of freehold, but on like a really big scale. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's completely different. It's fascinating. I mean, this is this has been mm-hmm. an education. But I, I think it answers our question: is why you invest in the UK is because you actually can. Yeah. <laughs> My head hurts. <laughs> yeah. well, so, as as uh, someone from Sweden investing in the UK. Yeah. Um, um, how did how did that start and um, how easy was that for you was we, were there any major hurdles to, to doing that yeah I would say yes because what we did was that we started me and my husband are investing together and uh, we started by you know looking at the Swedish market and saying this doesn't work looking at the UK market and say wow this works um, and it's easy to start up a limited company we can do that uh, and then we started to educate ourselves. And I'm not going to say the company that we've educated ourselves through, uh, but they were coming to Sweden and educating Swedes in how to invest in the UK. But they didn't tell us these differences that we have now discussed. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which means that we, we have a couple of problems just there, right? Uh, because... They were just, they had, this company has been traveling around in a lot of different countries and they have been educating people to come and invest in the UK, but they have not told them the differences between the UK and their country because they don't really know the differences. They know how it is in the UK, but Mm -hmm. since they are used to that, they don't understand that they need to actually teach that this is how it works. For instance, tell them what is a mortgage broker? What is an electing agent? Everyone that we have in the power team is something that, you know, that these people don't know. Wow. Gosh, I mean, that is like, <laughs> they're having to kind of understand the Swedish market to, to know what's not there, to then compare it to the British or the UK market to say, this is what you, this is what you can't do. This is what you can do. And then this is how you do it because yeah. you need right like you need those you know different what? stages <laughs> and, and, and you know yeah. what if, if they had done that and and said uh, and kind of specialized in the Swedish market and really understood it it it's almost like a no-brainer right for someone who's got capital in Sweden to go yes of course I'm going to do it in the UK and because you've told me about it and I like you I'm gonna I'm gonna learn from you okay. it would be an absolute no-brainer um yeah. so yeah that's what you should do yeah, that's what we are doing now. 
Oh, well, they were there again. Back in the so, market. So ten, 10 years later, we actually together, we partnered up with a, with a wonderful man called Lucas Brzezinski. And uh, we have actually created a uh, educational program called Momentum Property Education, where we are teaching international students how to invest in the UK. And wow. uh, I, I'm saying all international students, because we are teaching them from the base, the system of UK. It's great. For somebody that doesn't know, that doesn't live there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we're starting. <laughs> great and uh, you know i mean it's like it's the best property economy in the entire world and there's enough to go around isn't there so um and i would imagine most internationals would probably not invest in property abroad and so actually you know you you, what you're doing is quite niche you know yeah 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 that's fascinating good on you But the thing is also what we are doing and have added to the program is how do you analyze a new market? How do you then see that this is a good market? What parameters do you need to look at? Sure. Yeah. So that means that they can then come and do the same if they want to invest in Portugal or in Spain or in the United States or wherever they want to. And they go through this list. What do I need to look at? Because, for instance, in Spain, where we also invest, there's different costs involved in investing in Spain than there is in Sweden or in the UK. Uh, so there you have you have you have the purchase price. So if you only look at the purchase price and the rental income or the flip that you're going to get, it looks amazing. But you have you have the purchase deed cost, the mortgage deed cost, and the transmission tax. And, and there you have about eight to ten percent more boom wow. coming on. I'm fascinated by the Spanish market, actually, because I think that's, um, you know, I used to live there. So I've always dreamt of owning um, uh, a property for the student market in the city I used to live in, in Granada. But I mean, is there buy to let? This is purely um, going off tangent and purely self-indulgent, really. Um, Do they have buy to let finance in Spain? Because my understanding was they didn't. They do have it. And the thing is that they, they look at you. You could buy as a private individual. You don't have to set up a company from the beginning. Uh-huh. And, and, and they have had so many. When we went in there, actually, that was right after the, the past crash. And they had so many properties that they had um, taken, what do we say? Um, they repossessed. Mm. Yes, thank you. Um, and so they had a lot of properties that they didn't get any money from. Um, so they actually gave uh, international clients that came on and wanted to purchase them what uh, 100% loan to value. Oh, yes. And the interest rate was below 1%. Oh, tasty, tasty, tasty. Amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. And today it's, it, we don't have the 100%. It's about 75% loan to value. So it's about the same as the UK, really, on average. But it's 1.5% interest rate. That's quite sexy. Oh. Up to 2.5. Yeah, okay. So like for like, really, I would say. Uh, yeah. And they are happy at looking at a, your credit report. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if you order a credit report and you're showing that to them and they are saying, oh, well, you look like a good customer, they are going to lend to you. Um, but for me in Sweden, in the UK, they are not li- looking at my Swedish credit report. There's no problem for me to order a credit report in English. I can do that because that's how we do it in, in, for, for Spain. 
We are ordering uh, the credit report and asking them to give it to us in English. Yeah. And that works fine in Spain. But in the UK, they, they don't want that. So then we need to fill in a, a lot of other things. Um, and they are, you know. We, love, we like our forms. We do like our forms. Oh, we love a form. <laughs> do like a form. There is a difference, actually, where Sweden is better than the UK. Oh, uh, yeah. it's, it's more automated. Oh, it's yeah. so easy to set up your bank account. It's easy to get a mortgage. If I'm buying a property for myself, I, I get a mortgage. And it, we're, we're talking about maybe a week. What? Yes. <laughs> that is insane. It's, yeah. That, that's what I, I must actually agree that the, that is one part of the whole process that really frustrates me. Yeah. From set for for registering with a solicitor all the way through to getting your mortgage through it's so much it's archaic you know the the way that the documents that we have to fill in and the way that it is all processed is just ridiculous <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like when you're coming in there it's like okay this is the paperwork and it's <laughs> like so actual much. paper like actual yeah. paper and like you know the whole kind of you know e-signing thing feels like they've only just accepted it but because of a like a pandemic, not because yeah. it's just necessary, because yeah. the whole world does this. <laughs> yeah, Come on. In, in, I actually have in my, in my phone, I have my, so that I can sign and ID everything that I do with the banks and if I'm more doing the mortgages and so on, I'm just signing it with my phone. Right? Yeah. This makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's so easy. Oh. But then when I'm buying a property in, in the UK or selling a property in the UK, they're like, okay, we're sending over the paperwork now. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm waiting for this. And, and it, arrives by, it arrives by carrier pigeon. And it's like, <laughs> it just comes down. And you're like, oh God, now I hear you. So, okay, so you invest in Spain, you invest in the UK. Like what kind of strategies have you done in the UK? Is it mostly income stuff or have you just mixed it up? Do you do buy, do you flip? Like, what do you do? Uh, I, we have done a lot of different strategies. We even have a golf resort actually in Wales, Raglan Estates. Oh, but we are a small owner, only a couple of percent. Oh, but don't tell us that. We'll believe it. We'll believe it. Like, yeah, that's great. But other than that, it's, you know, buy to left, HMOs, uh, commercial, it's mixed buildings. So it's a little bit of everything. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So, so with that in mind then, a question we ask all of our guests is what does the human side of property look like to you? What does it mean to you? Uh, feelings and the feelings that we have behind the properties, the feelings through the entire process, mm -hmm. uh, how we are coming in for a flip. For instance, you're coming in the feelings when you're coming into the property from the beginning, it could be a really bad property. Everything is, you know, falling apart. It's smelly, but then in the end, <laughs> when you're coming in there again and you have transformed it it's uh, and it's uh, you know you're feeling that oh you could almost live there yourself uh, it's just a wonderful feeling the feelings there behind everything it's oh, just I, wonderful. That. I don't think anyone said that before the feelings no, no I totally totally as a fellow feeler I feel you. <laughs> I feel I feel that answer. That's amazing. So hang on, do you have to go back and forth then from Sweden quite a lot? Do, how to what extent do you view and oversee projects? Not that much anymore. From the beginning, more uh, because we were, you know, the partners that we had there, the product managers, the builders, and so on. So we needed to do that. 
But now when we trust them, we don't do that as, as much at all. And I haven't been there now for, it's almost two years. Mm. You yeah. mean roughly the length of a pandemic? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that was the reason too, that the pandemic <laughs> came, so couldn't fly over. But okay. uh, I, I'm not sure that I would have gone over anyway, but I like being there, but I haven't even seen all the properties for real. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So do, does that mean then that you're uh, investing in one specific area where you've built up your power team and your trustworthy people on the ground? Or are you have you got two or three different locations with two or three separate teams? Or even more. But or, even yes. more. <laughs> or even more. Or even more. We only invest in areas where we have good teams in place, uh, yeah. of course. Uh, but there is not just one or two areas. I think it's... Um, maybe eight areas now where we mm -hmm. are active. And it's mainly, mainly up north. Um, but we also have uh, some properties in Reading and in Kent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, that's but, uh, mainly up north. Oh, God, you know, you're inspiring me, Gisela. I'll tell you why. So I've, I've got to go up to Grimsby tomorrow to view a house that I've not seen yet, but I've had an offer accepted on, on my on trust that my builder has viewed it and, you know, knows what he's talking about. And like you say, I've got a good relationship with. But you're making me think, might as well not bother. Because <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I, the cost of going up to Grimsby, my train ticket <laughs> is like nearly 100 quid. It's Grimsby and I'm spending a hundred quid to go up there for yeah. one day to look at something that I'm buying, which I'm sort of buying on trust and I really do trust him. And listening to you, I'm like, Joe, just, just relax, kick back, don't bother. <laughs> and that, that is, I mean, that's what I'm saying to my students as well. It's like, if you want to go over, if you want to seal the properties, you want to feel the properties, then do that. If you enjoy that, the feelings behind the properties, as we talked about, if you want to do that, you should do that. But if you're only there to invest, to see your, the money grow, you can, you can sit here. Just make sure that you have the right contracts in place to make sure that the builders are doing what they should be doing, when they should be doing it. Uh, that you get reports and videos, pictures, that you have a good letting agent that sends you statements every week or every month depending on when you get rental income and mm. so on. And you can do that from here. Yeah. True. And yeah. also depends on, like, you've got to be so clear on your strategy, right? So I think this is half the reason I have to go up because I'm buying it and I'm all like, I could do so many different things with it. And I need to do what you're saying, which is go into it and feel it and be like, oh, this, this works as a, right? And I, need, yeah. I actually can't do that through a screen. I actually do need to walk in, get a real sense of the space. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think there's, but if you know your strategy and you know the area and you've got the team in place, really, you know, everything tends to come out in the survey anyway, if there's something majorly wrong with it. And if you've got a trusted team whose eyes and ears are on the ground, then yeah, yeah I do. I do hear what you're saying, especially, gosh, flying over. Wow. That's no small thing, is it? Uh, but I mean, I have a lot of friends who invest in the UK as well, who fly over often because they mm -hmm. like to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do, do you um, like, uh, you know, with, with your friends who, who kind of, you, you know, you trust them, you know, do they go and look at your properties on your behalf and kind of, do you kind of share some of that responsibility of, you know, going and checking in? No. No? Quite <laughs> 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 simply, no. No, Matthew. <laughs> No. <laughs> the thing is, if, if, I, if I have a friend that is over there and they want to see some of my properties, 
then then I'm I mean of course they can if they want to and the same if I'm over there and I'm in an area where they have properties mm. and they are and they are like oh can you have a look at my property then I'm saying yes of course uh, but it's not something that we have systemized that we are looking at each other's properties yeah. when we are over there no but of course we we would do that uh, if if we got asked <laughs> Yeah, man. That sounds better than no. <laughs> I know, I liked it. He put him back in his box. He was we like, like, we like the direct response. That's fine. <laughs> oh, sorry. It, it, it leads for a very short podcast, but uh, yeah, to, at least we get the answer quickly. Right. <laughs> it's efficient. Um, it is efficient. And speaking of efficiencies, um, so I, I believe you've come to come prepared with a question for us, um, and potentially two from what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. So the first question that would be then, I'm living in a farm, and I know Neil has been living in a farm before. Would you consider, you know, how would you invest in a farm if you were investing in a farm? Oh my God. Oh. How or why? <clears throat> Sorry, you can answer both how and why if you want to. <laughs> all, all I'm doing is I'm doing a list of all the animals that I'd want to buy. Like, <laughs> I'm like literally go. I want a pig. I want a cow. I don't want horses because I'm allergic to them. I can't have bunny rabbits either because I'm allergic to them. I'd have chickens for days. Chickens for days. I would have so many chickens. I love chickens. Um, yeah. No, so the practicalities, the land, the type of farm. Yeah, none of that. I just want all the animals. <laughs> okay. So how would you make money out of those animals then? Um, I would train them to do circus acts and I would do a weekly show. <laughs> Basically, you're going to go buy a farm and turn it into Longreach. Yes, exactly. Mine would be like a mini local zoo. Or Tiger King. Oh, definitely not that. No. Definitely. Oh, God. You don't have the mullet for that. <laughs> I could get that. I could do that. <laughs> so, yeah. My, mine was, my, my thought process is very practical and maybe quite boring, but I think I would have it as a, a food-producing farm. So it would be more arable than animals. Um, and I've seen quite recently on a documentary where they're in Holland, where they're producing lots of fruits and vegetables that are being sold into the UK. Um, and they're all being grown through hydroponics in these massive um, greenhouses. Um, so I would like to set something like that up to produce the same thing here in the UK. Well, that's like green and sort of sustainable and all of that. Exactly, yeah. So they're, they, they're, they use very little insecticides or pesticides because the, the environment that they're kept in and they're getting enough nutrients through the hydroponic system so you don't have to pump them up with fertilizers and stuff. So it's much more a much more sustainable way of growing food than growing them in the ground. That is so much more sensible than my answer. Like That, that is brilliant. Well done. And, and the animals I would have on that would be bees. For pollination. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> spot, spot the horticulturalist. Right. <laughs> it's his bag. <laughs> oh, God. Um, what would I do with the farm? I'd probably um, get planning permission to build about 30 houses. Well, actually, no, um, I think I've mentioned this before. One, one of my goals is to buy a farm or um, not necessarily to have lots of animals, although I think uh, the fam my family might um, 
um, to have a different idea. But um, it, yeah, a lot of it would be around um, the music industry, which is my background. So I want to have a, a recording studio in the countryside with service accommodation attached to it. Um, so that's how I'd make money from the farm um, and then probably have some chickens and then have a little um, stall by the end of the road where people can put in their 50p to buy their six um, six pack of, well, more than 50p. I was going to say, that is some cheap um, love eggs. Like what? Yeah, like you have an honesty box. You put your eggs on, on, the, on the front. There was this, when we were recording um, the album with my old band years and years ago, we, we rented a, a cottage in just outside Peterborough of all places. And we put the entire recording set up there. We took the amps, all the keyboards, the guitars. We actually put like the guitar amp in a shed and um, the other end of the garden and recorded it in the shed just to see what it would sound like and things like that. It was really good fun. And um, there was this, um, down the road, these guys had chickens and every morning there'd be six fresh fresh hens and we would take our pound and we'd go get our, our breakfast from, the, uh, um, from there. So yeah. Anyway, so so coming back to um, what I would do with it, yes, I would make money on it on probably the service accommodation and the recording studio, um, and then we have whatever um, animals um, my future wife and uh, daughter want. Oh, that's cute! Although and I can train them up to perform, which is another stream of income for you. But the animals are his wife and daughter. Oh, all of them. <laughs> all of them will they, be in the show. They don't, they don't need much encouragement. <laughs> I don't know how it is in the UK, but in Sweden, it's very popular to come, you know, living at a farm and doing the work at, at the farm. Oh, really? so that you're taking care of the animals, carrying water, fixing the plants and everything. And they are paying a lot for that. Really? <laughs> they pay to work? What is yeah, what? they are paying to live at the farm, to work at the farm. For the, just for the experience? Yes, for the experience. Well, you know what? The Swedes can come over to the UK and they can do that in Niles Farm and Joe's Farm and my farm. Absolutely fine. They can pay me a fortune. They can ask a fortune for it. And yeah. they get the international experience. Yep, definitely. You know? and, if, and if they want a trailer for that, all they need to do is go on Amazon and watch Clarkson's Farm and you'll see exactly what it's like. Oh my God. <laughs> how, how not to farm. How not to farm. <laughs> God. Uh, oh, oh, that's wow. a good, that was a good question. I love I that. like that question. Yes, yeah, you in particular. Question. That was a you question. That was definitely yeah. <laughs> yeah, i'm going to set the hydroponic farm and i'm going to do this i'm going to nice that way and do, do, draw a diagram yeah, perfect <laughs> and how is it in the uk with farming uh, do you get for when you're owning the land here you have the eu paying out to the farmers uh, money because mm -hmm. they have the land or they have the, the different animals and so on and it's different amount of money depending on what type of animal how much land you have and where the land is mm -hmm. But you can actually get a lot of money just by having animals, you know, eating to make sure that the land is, you know, not okay. growing up. Mm. Uh, how is that in the UK now? Nile? You don't know. <laughs> absolutely no idea what subsidies farmers get. All I know is that it's definitely not from the EU. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure what the replacement for the subsidies are now that the UK has left the EU. Although I think we might still be in the honeymoon period um, or the cooling off period, if you like, where the EU is still paying for a certain period of time until you know it all eventually stops. Um, I don't know what that agreement was, to be honest. Um, my mum obviously has a farm in Ireland and they get the subsidies and benefits from the EU like you do like you guys do um 
and a lot of the farmers wouldn't be able to survive without those subsidies because it's not exactly a very profitable business uh, a lot of the time. So mm. I don't know what they're intending to do to replace those. Mm. But some, they do need something, yeah. Mm. There we go, my support for farmers. There you go. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you answered that question because I, I would have just had, no, I had nowhere to go. There was, there was nothing. There's no. <laughs> nothing going on in my brain. But I, I do know this year actually, which kind of ties into what we're doing with our Property Goes Wild campaign, is that the, the government have paid a lot of farmers to um, leave a certain uh, portion of the farm to wildflowers and to, to nature. Um, to just to let it grow wild and they pay them not to touch it not to grow crops or not to farm it um and i think that's been quite successful and you'll see i'll see quite a, a lot around london as well like on the outsides of the parks they're leaving areas of the parks to grow wild um so they're not maintaining them all to the nth degree like like they would do for a, a tennis pitch um so they're keeping elements of it for wilding which is quite cool to see really cool mm. Mm. Ooh. That was that's question one. Is that question two? No, let, let, I think we will stay with, with the question one. I like that. And those answers that I got from you there. Oh, yeah. good. It's, good. It's, yeah, yeah we, we won. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> well, speaking, of, speaking of games, uh, Jay, would you like to lead us in a round of uh, property episode roulette? My pleasure. Roulette, yes. Yeah, so, okay, right. So, Gisela, I will explain the rules to you and also first-time Property Jammers listening. The way that episode roulette works is we scroll through previous episodes, our guest says stop, and whatever top, whatever episode I land on, I read the title, and our guest has to give a human perspective on that particular topic. So it could be anything from licensing to <laughs> tenant stories what not to wear letting agents you name it so I'm going to start scrolling now Gisela when you're ready say stop okay stop okay oh interesting <laughs> so uh episode 26 we talked about being stressed in property what's your human perspective on stress being an international investor Question. <laughs> uh, I was very stressful from the beginning when it came to everything, uh, but I have been able to systemize a lot of the processes. So it's only, you know, checklists going through checklists and so on, which makes me calm down a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I think I got more kids as well. That was good. I had just had one kid from the beginning and now I have three kids. Wow. So, uh, you know, can I just, I just, just go, 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 back, go back a step then and so, say, so three kids is kind of an idea that I've got, got one at the moment. Um, and so just so I can sell the idea, is three, three kids you're saying is less stressful than one? No, what I'm saying is that okay. when you have kids, when you have more kids, you have to be learn, learn to be more systemized. You have to be more optimized. You have to negotiate better because you have the kids. So, which makes you a better entrepreneur, which makes you a better investor. Oh, I love that perspective. That's I, great. I, I, I like that. You, you, you lost me um, up to the point which it makes you a better entrepreneur. It's like, okay, all right, we're going to have five. <laughs> <laughs> it's up, Lara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's great. Cool. That's brilliant. Right. Let's go again. That was a great answer. So I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. And stop. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, episode 22. So this was FOMO. So fear of missing out. That's interesting, actually, because you're based over in Sweden and a lot happens now without you being there physically so do you get that whole kind of oh I wish I was there or oh I see what other people are doing I wish I was in the UK or doing it with other people like is that a thing and the thing is that there is so much that we are missing out all the time or in opportunities that we are missing and and you learn that you're going to get new opportunities hmm. they're going to be you are not you missed out on that but you're not going to miss out on the next one so that's, you know, that's just life in everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd go along with that, actually. Yeah, you, you could be yeah. in a permanent state of FOMO, couldn't you, about everything? Yeah. Yeah. But then you're living in, in uh, Sweden with three kids and a farm. You sometimes have to, you don't have time to, uh, you know, be worried about missing out on what, you're, what you've got going on in the UK because you're, uh, um, yeah, living, you're living your best life. And um, I'm going to say, Hotland? No. <laughs> Gotland. Gotland. Yes. Gotland. Yes. You should you should actually look that up. Google it. Gotland. Gotland. J-O-T-L-A-N-D. Oh, fantastic. It's a wonderful Visby is the is the capital of Gotland and it's an old medieval town with the wall still behind uh, around it. It's it's gorgeous. But we're not living in, in the center. No. Oh, it sounds a dinner. Nice. It does sound really nice. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Should we do one more, Matt? Have we got time? Let's do, let's do one more. Let's do a speed round. Okay, cool. <laughs> right, here we go. Scrolling, 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 oh. scrolling. Oh, okay. Ooh. Oh, this will be interesting. Episode 15, is your family invested? And what we meant by that was, do you have the support and backing of your immediate family, your surrounding family? Has it been challenging explaining what you do? So I know your partner's involved. So yeah, my partner that. is involved and the kids are very much involved. They are, oh. they are saving money to buy their first bike let property. Oh, so oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so when they are getting, when they are getting capital for doing something at home, they have different chores. They split mm. it into five boxes. And one is, uh, you know, long time saving for some type of spending could be investing in property. And then they have that, that they have 10% that they can put in maybe something they want to buy now. And they can also uh, save to put into something that they want to buy in a short amount of time. And they don't, then they need to put into something that they want to do good. So it could be to send it to an organization that is doing reforestation, for instance, oh. or something like that. So they need to then go in and do these different processes and where they want to put their money and so on, which is great. So the kids are on it. <laughs> okay. Love it. And it's, it's just lovely. And, and to be there for them through this journey and teaching them how it really works, um, that we didn't get that when we were young. Mm -hmm. That has just been just been wonderful. Uh, my parents, when we started to invest, they they were scared. Mm. We were investing in the UK, so mm. they they were very scared. But uh, but now they are fine. <laughs> right. Well, they can yeah, keep working. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and they didn't say no, don't do it. But they were they were scared uh, because mm. it's 
we're saying it to invest when you're starting out it is like jumping out of an airplane with a parachute though but it's yeah. uh, it's uh, you're it's you know a big thing it's scary it's very scary uh, and uh, for my parents i think it was they felt the same it was like they were doing it <laughs> it was me <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, but uh, well, they are very supportive now, but they were very scared from the beginning. And the same yeah. with my husband's parents. And they now they are investing with us. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. Good. That's impressive. I think that that's kind of like more of a common theme for people are just, they're not, it's not that they're, they don't want you to do it. They're just afraid that you'll make a mistake or lose all your money or, you know, end up in a whole heap of trouble. Somewhat, yeah. it's, it's a bit of an irrational fear as well, because what have you got to base it on? It's it's yeah. this fear of the unknown, isn't it? That that's yeah. essentially yeah. what it is. Yeah, exactly. Fear of the unknown is a good point. Yeah. Absolutely. And what do they call? It? Yeah, fear of the unknown is just another word for excitement, right? Excited. Oh, I like that. Reframe it. It's good. Yeah. Let's get excited to do it. That's yeah, jumping out of a plane. Didn't we talk about that in in the the last podcast? I think we did. We did jumping out of a plane. Yes. <laughs> How that have you done it twice? have you jumped out of a plane <laughs> yes I twice haven't. he did twice. it twice <laughs> yeah. I, I, i've only done it once okay. i haven't done it at all <laughs> a long time i don't know if i would have the bottle to do it now i did it when i was like 18 or 19 years old yeah well I my husband a... has done it but i i don't think I, I i don't want to do it for the kids it's like what if something happens and they're oh you're your parents yeah. you're suddenly yeah. your parents <laughs> yeah it's i suppose though it's the same thing like you said like it, that jumping out of the plane when it came to property investing in the uk you were like oh but i had a parachute but surely it's the same if you were to jump out of a plane for real like you've got the parachute and you've got someone like strapped to you right like it's not you've done yeah. it a thousand times before yeah uh, and you know it'd be highly highly unlikely for anything to go wrong um and actually thinking about it from a parent's perspective the second time that i jumped out of a plane well actually for the listeners if you want to hear the story about me jumping out of a plane go listen to the previous episode but um, <laughs> the second time i jumped out of a plane m- myself and my sister jumped out of the same plane and my parents were on the ground uh, oh, waiting for us they they were more scared than we were <laughs> i'm not yeah. not surprised <laughs> <laughs> oh poor parents <laughs> but, yeah. but that was the one where i was like yeah. <laughs> as opposed to the one i was like <laughs> uh, again great for an audio podcast yes. all these visuals I know. i'm just, just just giving our team behind the scenes something to find and uh and, and stuff, up, stuff up for social media but um oh, yeah really? <laughs> well, I think on, on that note, um, I'd start to wrap up. So thank you so, so much uh, for being with us, um, Gisela. Um, how will people get in touch with you um, in, the, in, in the wide, wide world? How do they uh, connect with you? How could they connect with me? They could, I mean, go into Momentum Property Education yeah. if they want to connect through that. Or, I mean, I'm on Facebook, Gisela Wood. Yep. In Gotland, Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to find. <laughs> Easy to distinguish, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So search Gisela Wood uh, on Facebook, and then you can find out a lot more about what you guys do. So I think that's fantastic. Um, yeah. And uh, thank you so much. Yeah, for... I would love to connect with everyone who wants to. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 
Yeah, we're interested in living in Gotland or Sweden, but it's still investing in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could all just move to Sweden. That's it, decided. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, it's, it is beautiful. It's um, a place I've, I've wanted to go um, when it's not so cold. I suppose you go when it's cold because it's cold, you know, to experience it. But uh, yeah, anyway, um, I was wrapping this up. So thank you again very much. Um, so it's a goodbye from me. 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 Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on Facebook search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at propertyjumppodcast at outlook.com. See See you on the next next episode. episode.